Hello, 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 and welcome to the very last Rugby League show of 2017. I know, gutted, but we're going to go out with a bang, because we're going to talk all things Rugby League for the next 60 minutes. We'll review the year from the North Wales Crusaders angle and speak to Mike Grady. We will then talk about South Wales Ironmen and talk to GTFM's Ian Golden. Plus, we talk about the Rugby League World Cup. I'm delighted and privileged to have Welsh international Phil Joseph and we will be previewing that final Australia and England go face to face and we'll be having a discussion around the table. Plus, we'll be hearing from you as well by reading all your Facebook comments and as you've been leaving your favourite moments of 2017. We're going to talk all things rugby league, but first things first, we've uh, rolled the red carpet out because we've got Welsh international Philip Joseph with us in the studio. Welcome to the Rugby League Show. Nice to have you here. Ah, cheers, mate. Yeah, it's great to be here. Yeah, we're going to talk about your World Cup experience to begin with, but the Rugby League season has been up and down. It's been a roller coaster of emotions, and hopefully the Rugby League season will end on a high for England on Saturday as they face the old foes, Australia, in the World Cup final. But that semi-final against Tonga... Well, England were in cruise control, weren't they, for 72 minutes, and then when Tonga wanted to play rugby, they did. They played rugby for eight minutes and then almost knocked England out of the uh, World Cup. But a controversial end, ladies and gents. Was that a try, yes or no, Phil? Personally, I think it was a try. And I think Tonga was hard done by. Um, the referee should have gone to the video ref, and, you know, it's, uh, and he didn't. Um, and I was pretty disappointed by that decision. However, um, I'm happy that England have gone through and I hope they, they win. Annette, what do you think? Uh, I can only say what other people have told me and as far as I, I can hear that it was a try. OK, and Mark? Well, don't disagree that it was a try, but uh, to give Tonga that last set, which put Fafita over, there was a almost identical play in which the ball was knocked out of Jermaine McGilvray's hands so if that was that if that wasn't a knock on then you know well, the other that, one was, well, well that's it um, I feel like the referee was at least consistent yeah yeah Morris um, what's your opinion on it I think the referee was consistently wrong and that's that's the point isn't it if, if there's a hand in the tackle and it spills it's not a knock on that's that's the rules of rugby league am I wrong yeah, so so I mean that's that's there's no argument here as far as I'm concerned. We all saw the hand go in, yeah, and of course, you know, I, I don't want to be anti-English here, but the English English commentators, of course, are going to say, I'm not going to mention that, but everybody saw it, everybody knows it was a try, and if it had gone to the got the visual ref, it, it would have been a try. But I think that it's worse than this because because I think that, that you know we 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 we've, we've seen it. In other games as well, they've wanted to have an England-Australia final in the refing. I really do think well, that's that, true. Well, that's a conspiracy theory, that is. But let's go back, you know, Mark, Mark uh, was say, alluded to, which led to that uh, set of play, that the same thing happened for McGilvery. McGilvery's ball, uh, his ball was, was punched out of him, so the referee should have stopped it there and say, right, head and feet to England. Didn't, he played it on. So do you think... Uh, Matt Checkin was it? Was it, well, he was the referee? I can't yeah, remember who checking. it was. Checkin uh, said made, made his mind up and thought, "Well, made a mistake there. I need to correct this." Do, do you think there was a bit of doubt in his mind at that point? I, 
I don't think there was. I think, well, you'd have to ask him, really, but he's made one call, and then he's made exactly the same call again. OK, we can't turn the clock back, but what we can do, we can look forward and speak and look forward to England versus Australia. Now, England have made one change. Jods Hodgson carried off, uh, and uh, James Wilby will play. He will start, presumably. But he brought in Chris Hathington, which was a surprise to me. Mark, I know your, pretty, your reaction to that when I first spoke to you was, Chris Hathington, what is he, what's he doing? Explain. Well, it's, it's, he's been the extra go-to guy. I, I, mean, I was expecting Hathington to get that 17 shirt, but I don't like the call at all. I think there's he Do doesn't you, for, as a forward. I don't think he, he offers anything that uh, any of the rest of the England pack do better. Phil, you know, essentially there's one hooker now on the field of play, Roby. Yeah. But if he gets injured, what happens then? Who does he shuffle around? Well, Roby's known for playing eighty minutes, and he's a tough competitor. You know, um, I've, I've had the opportunity to play against Robs, and he's a great player. Um, you know, he's steel, uh, but. You know, again, they've they've got players that can maybe potentially step up to the plate if that tends to happen. You know, you could shuffle around the back line, um, maybe put um, maybe maybe put one of the halves into the into the nine and and, and bring Wid up back up. Um, you know, they've got they've got a couple of options uh, in in there, but I can't really see that really particularly happening. I think Robs will play the full eight. We'll, ju- we'll just go through the team actually. Uh Gareth Widow about full back, he seems yeah. to be solid there, the comfortable there. And then you've got uh, Jermaine McGilvery who's lighting this World yeah. Cup up. Callum Watkins, who I thought had a very good game on, on Saturday, to be honest. I thought well, Watkins had a good game. The whole England team actually had a very good first 72 minutes. <laughs> it's just yeah. this last eight. Yeah. Uh, then you've got uh, John Bateman, Ryan Hall, the winger, Kevin Brown and Luke Gale in the halves. Seems to be working that now, doesn't it? Yeah, I like that. I think I think Brown's been doing it. Well, both Brown and Roby have been doing a much better job of bringing Gale into the game and putting him into a position where he can succeed. Yeah, absolutely. And then in, and in the forwards, Chris Hill, James Roby, James Graham, Sam Burgess, Elliot Whitehead, and Sean O'Loughlin, the weekend captain. Now Sean O'Loughlin is carrying a knock. He will play if he's not even hundred percent, will he? He always seem, seems to. Get fit or ready to play for these big games, doesn't he, uh, Phil? Yeah, well, you know, he's been out for a, a while as Sean, and you know, he's, he's again like Roby, he's a tough competitor, and um, you know, he, he will play even if he's sixty percent. He will play, and that's just the sort of person he is. Do you think that sort of spurs them on? That say, you know, he is a great player. He creates a lot of leadership, doesn't he? You've played against him. Yeah. No, he, again, yeah, you know, he leads by example, and you know, a lot of players and a lot of neutrals say about Sean, what does he offer to the team? But mm. having been around him, the little things he does you know his, 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 his toughness in the middle the way he leads the, the, the forward part around the field and, and being able to play a, as a halfback in the middle of the field you know that's a that's unknown um, that, that's, a, that's a great sort of attribute to have uh, Mark the bench is Alex Wormsley Ben Curry uh, Thomas Burgess and Chris Heitington on paper it's a strong bench isn't it yeah, yeah I, it is no and Wormsley and Burgess have been knocking holes out of teams mm. every time uh, Burgess hits the line. He's leaving people in the dust. It's yeah. It's just what you do about that last, that last bench spot. If you were um, Wayne Bennett, uh, Morris, for example, do you think the seventy, the last eight minutes of the game would be a concern to well, him? Absolutely. I mean, you know, I don't know what went wrong in the last eight. Well, I know what went wrong. Tonga just said we don't. You know, 
they wanted it more. That's what yeah. happened. But, but 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 I mean, Australia are going to want it more too, aren't they? But how, how are they how, how are they going to cope when when Australia if, if they do if they are winning against Australia and Australia say right, we're coming out at you now? How are they going to cope with that? Because they couldn't cope with it with with uh, Tonga, uh, Mark. Well, I do think that uh, Tonga had one advantage that the Australians aren't going to have that crowd. Yeah, the the crowds in Australia have not been anywhere near as enthusiastic and just just playing into it as some of the crowds you would have seen. Yeah, and again, you know, you, you could see it that the passion that the fans was was spurring on the Tonga team. It, it, it was great, and you know, it's going to lift any team that. Yeah, um, Wayne Bennett said in his post-match interview, Annette, that defence won the game because Tonga did let loose in, 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 the, in the first half especially and the scrambling defence for England paid dividends not once but twice. So, we, so you got some commentators saying, you know, we're over, we're over sort of reading into this that the last eight minutes is going to be a concern. But Wayne Bennett goes, no, defence, I'm happy with the defence. So what do you make of his, that? Well, I, I thought the defence was good, but the trouble is, if you, you're defending all the time, then you're absolutely wearing yourself out. Yeah. So, towards the end of the game, it, it appears that this is what's happened, and Tonga have said, right, come on, we're going for this. Let's let's talk about briefly about the, the other uh, semi-final, Fiji and Australia. Uh, a mismatch, wasn't it, really? You played against Fiji. Phil, just tell me what they're like. Oh, they're big, athletic, strong boys, and, um, you know... Australia certainly uh, made them defend and you know as big an athletic you are doing back-to-back sets defending and you know it's going to take it out here and you could see with Fiji it certainly took it out of them. Australia were clinical weren't they and uh, Mal Meninga has named an unmanned squad despite two or three players being with doubts of injuries uh, Matt but that won't concern them because there's always another three players who could just jump into the jump into the shirt and say well I'll play you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, there's that uh, that spine which is pretty much irreplaceable. But around that, they could put pretty much anyone in there and walk over teams. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, we'll just go through the Australian side, and that's uh, Billy Slater, uh, Gagai, Chambers, Dugan, Holmes, uh, Morgan, Cronk, Wood, Smith, Clemmer, Cordner, Gillette. Uh, Maguire, Graham, McLean, Campbell, Gillard, Fritzell. You know Fritzell pretty well, uh, Phil. Yep. Um, Kafusi and Chovovic. Trebojevic. Well said. Can't <laughs> say. Put my teeth back in. Uh, Mansour and Maloney. Um, it's, an, it's a new Australian side, a new looked Australian side. But whatever Australian side turns up, they they know how to play, don't they, Annette? Oh, they certainly do, especially those back three. I mean, Cooper Cronk, Billy, Le- uh, Billy Slater and Cameron Smith. Together, I mean, they are awesome. They really are. And then you've got uh, Valentine Holmes, who scored six tries. Yeah, you know? and he scored five he the said, previous. The tr- previous yeah. week he scored p- five. He was already on four points, the same as a couple of other players. Yeah. But to break the, the, the record t- once and then again... Absolutely he bro- brilliant. He broke Wendell Sayers' record. Yeah. Um, top try scorer for Australia. I'm just going to go around the table now. Are we going to see <laughs> that happen again? 11 tries in two games, Phil? Yeah, at a World Cup? Oh, it's tough to say. It's tough to say. You, you you just don't know. You know, I've I've been saying for years, and I say the same thing over again. Oh, this year England are going to do it. You know, it's, it's, it's the whole thing. But I think 
England have got a very well balanced team. Um, you know, I think it comes down to intelligence. You know, like we've already mentioned, Kronk, Slater. You know, the 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 three mortals really. You know, they, they they can either turn it on or they can just tell the boys to settle it down. And the educated sort of players that they play are just phenomenal. So again, it's I think that will be the difference because we're evenly matched in the backs, and I think we're evenly matched in the forwards. Yeah, just. I won't talk too much about uh, the England game, but uh, completion rate for England was pretty good this this time round. It has to be in the in the high eighties yeah. if England are going to have any chance, isn't it, Phil? Yeah, definitely. You know, you've you've got to complete against Australia, and like I said before, you know, you, the Fiji game is a perfect example. You know, you do effort on effort sets, and you you get fatigued. Australia will just pick you off with again, like I just said a minute ago, with with the the free immortal guys, Slater, you know, Kronk. Yeah, they just they just know exactly when to turn it on. Okay, we're going to um, play a little song, and then we'll talk about the domestic league, and then at the end of the show, we'll talk about your World Cup experience, yep. Phil. No so, uh, who do you think is going to win on Saturday? So, we'll start with you, Phil. Who's going to win on Saturday? I would like to say England, and I'd, I'd really would like them to win because it it do Super League so much good. However, I just think the Australians are too smart and too well equipped. Okay, so 1 0 Australia and Annette. I could probably think where you're going with this. <laughs> now, how on earth would you manage that? Um, well, of course, uh, I want Australia to win. I think they will win, but at the end of the day, it's a World Cup final and anything can happen. So, so your, your heart says Australia. What does your head say then? Australia. Okay, <laughs> that's 2 0. Uh, come on, Mark. Uh, England managed, I think, 38 minutes in the first. Uh, in the first time they played Australia in this World Cup, 38 minutes of nearly perfect rugby league, and if they can play like that for a for a full 80, I think you know they've got the tools. They've got the pack absolutely, and McGilvray and Hall chipping in as well. They've absolutely got the the team to give Australia trouble. But the moment they make a mistake, they are done. Okay, who's going to win? Australia. <sighs> But I, it can be done. I just don't think it will be. It's interesting when you think that the start of the World Cup was Australia, England, and at the end of the World Cup, Australia, England. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're not going to talk about the conspiracy, the conspiracy theory from Morris, but Morris, you might as well finish the poll. Well, well yeah, I, I do think right that England can win this game. I do, despite yeah. everything, right. And so I'm going to say England are going to win it. Because I do think England can can do it. Do you want a glass of water? Because you're almost choking. Yeah. <laughs> I know. This is a Patrick Welshman who hates England usually. <laughs> but, but, I, but, but, I, but I do want England to, to do it because it would be great for a Northern Hemisphere team to, to, yeah. to finally t- take, take the smile off Australia's faces. Any, but, uh, but I do think they can do it, so I'm going to go with them. Any English fans listening, we don't hate you. We, we, we just, not, it's the rivalry. It's not the English I hate, it's just the, the teams, obviously, because we sport Wales. So we, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to go for England as well. I'm just Irish to, and English woman, so I'm not, I'm not biased. Yeah, <laughs> just, just, just to provide a bit of balance, I think I agree with everywhere. I think you say England have got to play even better, 20, 30% better, and I think the um, completion rate has got to be in its t- high 80s, hardly any penalties conceded, and they've just got to kick Australia to death, I think, uh, and tire them out. Um, so there we are. It will all be unfolded, I'm sure, and uh, it'll be um, next week's fish and chip paper, won't it? Next Wednesday. Well, exactly. by the time we go, when we, well, by the time we talk about it again in January, uh, it will be well recycled paper, won't it? Yeah. 
<laughs> anyway, we're going to talk about the domestic league now, and we're going to talk about North Wales Crusaders, and we're delighted to speak to Mike Grady. Well, on the telephone, we're delighted that I have North Wales Crusaders coach Mike Grady live on the telephone in Witness. Mike, good afternoon. Welcome to the final rugby league show of the year. Some signings this week to tell us more about them. Yeah, we've um, a couple of signings this week. We've signed um, Jordan Cason and Alex Trumper. Um, both fantastic players, uh, very experienced, and and hopefully they'll, um, they'll add to the squad going forward in uh, 2015. Yeah, pre-season started, uh, starts tomorrow, doesn't it? So are you looking forward to that? Well, we, we were in yesterday, maybe we had our first session yesterday. Um, we had a meeting last Thursday, just, just so everyone could throw that, uh, get, get together, just, just just speak to each other, have a chat, get to know each other. And, and to be fair, a lot of players know each other anyway, as, as you know. So it was just good, good to have a get-together. Um, I had a chat with the boys, uh, Johnny had a chat with the boys, just let them know what we expect. And, and we cracked on yesterday, mate, so we're, we're looking forward to it. Last week it was confirmed that you got a friendly against Rochdale Hornets. That'll be a good test, won't it? Yeah, it will, mate. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it, um, especially uh, as a championship opposition. So it'll be a great test for us, and, and obviously players have gone uh, in between both clubs. So I guess there'll be a bit of, bit of spice in the game as well. So looking forward to that. We are in the process of hopefully confirming one more this week. Yeah, good, good stuff, good stuff. Well, it's been a learning curve, 2017, because obviously uh, that comes out of how you've sort of formed a squad for the 2018 campaign. Um, you've obviously gone for power, you've obviously gone for size. Is that the thinking? Yeah, it, it, it is, mate. Yeah, um, it, it's all for these players that are going to just, just add something in, in various type of ways. And like, we, we struggled to finish games at times last year, and we struggled to manage games. And, and people like Steve Oper, who have come in and will play at the arse for us, and, They'll be able to do that, and as you said, there's been a bit of power, a bit of size. So, mate, you, you love me saying, don't you? Every day is a skill day, but we learned what we were learned from last year, and, and hopefully, the additions we've made can, uh, can help us kick on to, uh, to finishing in an improved position in 2018. Now, looking back at the 2017 campaign, do you have a favourite moment, Mike? Yeah, mate, I've uh, probably mentioned it a lot of times, probably everyone's getting fed up with it, but the League One Cup final, mate, has, has to be it for me. Um, Anyway, we got there the toughest room, the three tough away games, and, and just to walk out on the pitch with me, uh, with me two children, Alice uh, and I, it was fantastic. So that was a highlight. But all in all, mate, I, was, I was pleased last year, but we are looking forward to uh, stepping up a level next season. Yeah, um, obviously the format of the season has changed. Uh, we know who we're playing all through the year now, and uh, we know where we need to finish. Top five, if you want to progress. You'll be, be realistically, you'd want to be in the mix for that top five, won't you? I'd like to think so without, without putting any uh, too much pressure on, on the side. We we, we have kind of the category and say we've got the lowest budget in the league. Um, we've got some good names on paper, but as we found out last year, we don't win games on paper. So I'm hoping to be put together can, can can do the job this year. Um, I think the first one, I think the first team goes up, doesn't it? And then I think the next four, as you say, play off. So I'm hoping that we're banging on the door. But I was, I was looking at the league as I do most most days, and some quality opposition in there, and some really good sides. Yeah, obviously you got Christmas coming up now. Um, you looking forward to that, Mike? <laughs> I am, mate. Yeah, it's um, gets in the way a little bit, mate. Because you start, then you then you, you get on a couple a bit of time off, and then you start again. So looking forward to it, mate. But um, as a coach, I just can't wait to get get playing the game. So I can't wait for that first friendly. Well, as always, Mike. Thank you very much for taking part in the rugby league show all this year. It's been a been a revelation. It's been a breath of fresh air. And thanks for your honesty. Mate, it's been a, a pleasure, mate. Fantastic show, and, and, and yourself and all the guys. It's been a, it's been a pleasure.
been great and I can't wait for it to start again next year. Thank you very much, Mike. And uh, we, well, is it too early to say Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year to you? <laughs> and you, mate, yeah. It's not, never too early, mate. People have got trees up already. So, and to you, mate, as well. Cheers, mate. So there we are. That was North Wales Crusaders coach Mike Grady. And uh, we just, he was just going through uh, the pre-season. But uh, North Wales Crusaders have signed two players this week uh, in uh, Jordan Case and Alex Trumper, the two bat rowers. Boasts plenty of experience and join Mike Grady's side as they begin pre-season training ahead of what promised to be an exciting 2018 campaign. So, we don't know much about them, but we know the name because they played for Rochdale. But every time North Wales Crusaders played against them, they caused North Wales trouble, didn't they? So, hopefully they'll, they'll replicate that in a North Wales Crusaders shirt. Mark, absolutely, absolutely. It's always what you like to see in, you know, back row is such a, such a key position and, you know... Depth at that is always important. Um, North Wales Crusaders have signed a few play- players now, or mainly all of the players now. Uh, but some ne- news coming out of League Express, coming out—it's uh, uh, not confirmed by the club, but it has been confirmed by League Express that uh, Billy Sheen, formerly of North Wales Crusaders, has won his right for a uh, a trial with North Wales. And what's your reaction with that, Morris? Billy Sheen, the time machine. We used to call him, didn't we? The first season, he, he he did really well for us, and and I think, you know, I don't know how he's developed since since then. He was very young when we had him before. Hopefully, hopefully, he could do a good job for us. But he's a versatile player, isn't he? And that because he plays full back, he could play hooker, he could play on the wing, um, he can play centre as well. So he could play scrum half as well and stand off. So so yeah. so he's a versatile player. And when when because Phil will know at any point during the season, you always go through a sort of a. A period of injuries that's where he'll be useful won't he oh yeah i mean he was such a versatile player and good to watch as well our little machine that we used to call him yeah what was it billy sheen the billy, machine? Billy sheen try machine i'm yeah. sure i'm sure i'm sure <laughs> we can mean, go. he's keen he's yeah player. something like that <laughs> mean he's keen he's our try machine yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah something <laughs> like that yeah yeah well there we go come up with some good uh songs don't we but are you are you are you optimistic for next season, Annette? Well, of course I am. Be be I right or wrong, but of course I am. You've got to be optimistic, otherwise it's all, all a waste of time, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but does it help, Mark, that we know who, who we're playing against to the very end of the season? Uh, there's no. We discussed this a few weeks ago, didn't we? But yeah, this, that that I think was Morris's point. No, I I came down on the side. I actually like that Super Eight structure just because you've got teams that are close together in level and you've got more competitive matches and I think that's better for the development of teams, I think it's better for the fans to watch, although, as you say knowing in advance who you're going to be playing where makes it a lot easier for the fans to turn up Phil, from a player's point of view, because you played for Workington and it was a mixed season for Workington, I think you were in the playoffs, weren't you? Um, Does it help? Or, or, Or aren't you bothered as a player who you play the week after? But you know, there's a whole set of fixtures now which we can know who we're playing from week one to week 26. Uh, did, did you think the Super 8 format worked? Um, yeah, to some degree. Um, I, I did think it worked, and I think Mark just touched on it then. You know, it, you're getting teams playing uh, against teams that are a similar level. So, you know, they had the opportunity to kind of win some at the end of it, which which was good, and, and give opportunity teams, you know, to play in... A final, you know, which they wouldn't have had if they if they didn't have that format. Um, but yeah, I think it's it's had some form of success. But I I would prefer if you know teams knew what they was playing towards until the end of the season, so they can plan and and and, and progress. 
League One is going to be, was competitive in 2017. Uh, you like Barrow and Toronto Wolfpack. Are Toronto good for the game, Phil? I think they are fantastic for the game. You know, you only, you've only got to look at the crowds that they're, they're bringing in. They're bringing in uh, more than some Super League teams, and I think the structure and you know it's expanding the game fantastically. And you know they're on about bringing another team in the New York. Jets, uh, I'm, I'm not sure about the second name, but they're on about that, and I think it's great that we're sort of expanding the game. Yeah, um, but again, this in 2018, we will see the likes of Bradford Bulls in the in the in the league, Oldham in the league, some rugby league names, good names, juicy names, and for teams that are struggling financially, that is a good potentially a good money day payday, isn't it? Yeah. Bradford Bulls could have a good fan base, don't they? Yeah. And that. Yes, absolutely, um, and this is what we need. We need mums on seats, don't we? Coming through the through the turnstile. Sorry, sorry, Morris. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, it's it's got to be good to have these players. Unfortunately, I think sometimes it sort of I don't know gets the players down if they're getting defeated all the time. Like Toronto, they were so far ahead of everybody else in in league. Well, not everybody else in League One. But a lot of the, the teams in League One, now, does that demoralise players? Does it? Well, it does, but it's also a marker of where, where the, the game needs to be. And I think Toronto's a, a perfect example of what teams should be aspiring to. And um, I think the governing body needs to have a look at themselves as well, you know, to maybe put some more um, f- you know, investment into the game. So we have more Torontos, so teams like... Oldham and in your Brad, Bradford Bulls, unfortunately, you know, they, they, you know they can they can survive a little bit better. Yeah. How, how, how well do you think Toronto are going to do when they get into the championship? Though, because I mean, there's some tough teams in there, isn't there? It's not going to be the walkovers that they had in League One, is it? No, and 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 that's that's a good thing. You know, the championship's got so strong now. And uh, you know you do, you just kind of don't know who's who's going to win that you know um, obviously Toronto the way they're recruiting the finals they've got behind them you, you know you, you've got to go with them to be you know the champions at the end of the championship. Okay, uh, domestically now, Phil, what was your best moment of the season? Um, best moment of my season. You've put me on the spot there, mate. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll come back to you then. We'll come back to you. <laughs> I've got that many. <laughs> I'm a bit like that myself actually uh, There's been a lot of good times this season um, We've had a few bad ones But on the whole I, I just love the Go whole on, season Go on, name one Name one particular moment Yeah, I enjoyed Blackpool I really did South Wales Blackpool was very good though I think that's got to be yeah. pretty much on top Mark, I'll ask you Yeah, well, unfortunately I'm going to say Blackpool as well But for a slightly different reason Because uh, we actually did commentary of that match didn't we did we, we broke it new was, ground uh, yeah I had, to, I had to show up in a shirt so I didn't look like a complete uh, I don't know what the <laughs> word is but Robbie Hunter Paul was there yeah. it, was, uh, it was a weird but great experience and a fantastic match as well yeah it was a fantastic match it was a good advert for League One uh, Morris well, my, my favourite game of the season was the away game to York when we when we uh, in the cup where, where we oh, won it in uh, or in in extra time with 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 a uh, a drop goal because that 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 was it was it, it was what rugby league's all about. And I choked, didn't I? Yeah, you, you choked. Yeah, you in the excitement of the commentary, <laughs> in the, in the commentary you, choked. you choked. Yeah, but what a game that was! But it, but it was an absolute absolute corker. Yeah. We, we we were down and out, and uh, we scored a last minute try, even the game up, and then 
uh, charged down there, drop goal, and they scored drop goal ourselves. It was it was it was one of those games. A mad moment, indeed. Yeah, I, I was watching that at silly o'clock in the morning in Australia. You were in bed <laughs> with my tablet watching that, and I couldn't even <laughs> shout because I had no people in bed next door, in the next room. <laughs> there we go, Phil. Yeah, I think my favourite moment for Workington is when I made my debut and we beat Whitehaven at Whitehaven. Oh, so oh, nice that was one. that was that was a great <laughs> experience. And uh, also when we played Toronto and I got the opportunity to strangle Ryan Bailey, so that was also <laughs> an incredible. <laughs> <good day. laughs> That was one of, one of my favourite moments. Yeah. Uh, no, um, Ryan Millington squaring up to Ryan Bailey. Yeah. I think Bailey had, Bailey had slapped someone and Ryan Millington came right into his face. And I think uh, right, uh, Bailey was shocked when uh, Millington drew himself up to his full height. Mm. Yeah. Well, well I, I've, got, I, I've got the best moment of, of the show, actually. Uh, there's been quite a few because I am the whipping boy when it, when it comes to um, people taking the mick. Because yeah. Andy Mosdale comes in and uh, he knows how to wind me up. And uh, and um, anyway, one particular time though, it wasn't he, he took the mick out of my shoes. But that isn't my favourite moment. My favourite moment was I thought Morris do us a favour. Sorry, why would he take the mick out of your shoes? Because oh, yeah, he had brand new brand shoes. Yeah. They were you know chocolate coloured shoes. Oh, they, they were expensive <laughs> shoes. Anyway, I said to I said to Morris, I said Morris, do us a favour. Can you just spice the show up? You know, be controversial, you know. Um, you didn't let me down first game, did you? First show. No, no, no. I went, I went straight at the, after our coach, didn't I? Yes. Can I ask <laughs> you, by the way, is Mike Grady doing a good job now? Yes, he is. He's doing a good job. And I'm really, he's asked me to ask you. And that. I'm really pleased. <laughs> I'm really pleased with, with, with the signing he's done off-season. I'm, re- I'm really confident that we're going to have a good start to the season. OK, we're going to have another song, and then we're going to talk about South Wales Ironman with Ian Goldham. <laughs> It's getting late now Get your cold and fix your face So come on now Listening to the very last rugby league show of the year, and we're live on Canon FM, and uh, we're also on in the South at GTFM, uh, and that's where we're going to talk about now. We're going to talk about the South Wales Ironmen. Of course, they're no longer called that; they're called the West 
Wales Raiders. Bit of a mouthful that, and um, delightful, delighted rather that I spoke to Ian Golden about next year and. Well, he reminisces about this year, is what he had to say. Uh, good afternoon. We don't, we're now going to talk about the South Wales Ironmen. Um, it, was a, it, was, it was a season of progress, wasn't it? Let's put it that way. Oh, I don't know progress is the word. Uh, it was a season, and uh, that's about it, really. They, uh, uh, I'm trying to think what progress was actually made, to be fair. Uh, the, the club kept going, and we produced some uh, good players through through the lines. Uh, Christian Reuters had a fantastic season, uh, as did Andy Gay, both of them deserved their places in the world's Welsh squad as a result of it. Uh, but I think a lot of wrong judgments were made um, through one reason or another, and the club had to be taken over two-thirds of the way through the season by West Wales Raiders. Yeah. And I think, we'll just, I think we'll just draw a line under 2017 and that the rugby league in South Wales kept going and that was it. Okay, 2018, it's all about identity. Uh, you now moved to West Wales. You've, been, you've rebranded yourselves West uh, Wales Raiders. You're playing in Clanachley uh, and some good news coming out of the t- club this week. Just quickly, Ian, um, coaches have been appointed as well. Tell us a bit more about that. He he has said in his address that he's not going to spend money willy-nilly. He's going to bring players through and develop them. Yeah, I was going to ask my next question to you. What is the aim next year? Is it just to get some good performances in and get established, really? Is it is it that, or or is yeah, there is it just all... that? Okay, yeah, just that. I think it's, it's to get the performances in, get established, get a few wins on the board. They know they're not going to create miracles. Yeah. 
When you're not an area team, the only way you can create miracles is if you've got tons of money pumped into it, mm. such as Toronto Wolfpack and County Crusaders, uh, mm. just two examples. If you're, if you're not in the North and you don't have tons of money put into it, you're not going to get promoted. And so the, other, the only other way, apart from having tons of money put into it, is building quality players, and that takes a number of years to do, and they know that. Yeah. Well, Ian, as always, been a pleasure. I've enjoyed the run of shows with you. Hopefully we'll do it all again next year. See you later, Ian. Take care, pal. Bye-bye. Bye. Okay, so that was Ian Golden from GTFM. And that's the uh, uh, the question uh, now. What is it, what's the aim for West Wales Raiders now? Um, they've moved, they've rebranded once more. Um, surely it's to get their identity back and to establish themselves in, well, West Wales, isn't it, Phil? Yeah, definitely. And uh, that you, you've just nailed it. They need to establish themselves and and be a, a good competitive team within the within the tournament and the league, you know, and uh, get some bums on seat and some good interest down there. Because as we were discussing before, there's a there's a lot of interest down there in in, in rugby union. Okay, and Morris. Yeah, um, you know, when they when they moved to West Wales middle of last season, they bought a few amateur players in, and they had a. a a, a, a good spell. They, they they won a game, drew a game. It, it made a difference. So I th- I think, you know, there's there's a, there's a good chance that it'll work from there. Uh, and Mark, yeah. Well, the they uh, the teams they uh, it meant that the West Wales community team had to fold up because a lot of them were absorbed into that into the the semi pro team. And I think you know there are good players down there that could make the jump up and I think as long as they focus on developing those Welsh players because there's a competitive league down there and and work their way up that way I think uh, I think yeah a, a bit of news uh, coming out of West Wales uh, Annette and you're talking about uh, Idris Evans yeah. Idris Evans leaving uh, the, as national development manager uh, that was announced yesterday I think that he, he was leaving is that a blow Phil hmm I think they need more development um, to improve the game. Um, yeah, I, I think they need about five of Idris rather than just one, you know, and it, it comes down to funding. But just back onto the West Wales um, Raiders, they've certainly got the facilities anyway to do something. Having experienced it um, down there playing against um, Serbia, mm. um, it's a fantastic setup, great surface, and it's it's definitely w- one of the best in the league. Okay. Thank you very much, Phil. Now then, I want to talk about uh, your experience at the Rugby League World Cup and the results didn't go the Welsh way, but experience there and uh, what a way for you personally, Phil, to bow out of your Rugby League career to represent your own country at a Rugby League World Cup. Tell us a bit about that. Yeah, fantastic experience, you know, going to places like Papua New Guinea, all around Australia, you know, it's a once in a lifetime experience and there'd have been no better way for me to finish my career than playing against the best in the world. You're, you are away from your family and you're, you're living with one another for about a month, yeah. travelling you know, 12,000 miles to the opposite end of the world. Um what was it like from day to day? What was it? What was it like in the camp? Was was John Keir professional? Well, he's always professional, but you know what I mean. What was it like? What was the day to day? Day to day. Start with John Keir. John Keir, one of the best man management coaches I've ever, I've ever been coached by. Um, he gets the best out of the players, and 
is is such a fantastic not just a coach a bloke and you want to play for him and he's very very passionate about what, whatever team he's coaching he's very very passionate about the shirt and he, he identified that as we were moving forward you know the passion that we bring and it, and it goes to show that we've been European champions and, and we've had so many great wins You experienced the cauldron of Ports Moresby you know they're passionate about their rugby league yeah. can you obviously we've spoken about it but we've got someone who actually played there Yeah. can you exactly tell us what it was exactly like the heat what was it like there well starting by meeting the people and, and, and having a look at the country it's absolutely out of this world and I would have never thought about going to Papua New Guinea um, but we was trek like movie stars and it was unreal and the passion they've got for rugby league out there is, is second to none and you know if they had the funding out there they'd, they'd, they'd certainly be like Australia um, the heat itself it was ridiculous I think it was 36 degrees when we was playing and 90% humidity and you know, it's, it takes it takes a long time to get acclimatised to something like that, and I thought our boys did well underneath the circumstances. Obviously, we've heard reports that um, there wasn't a water break for every twenty minutes. Yeah. Um, but someone said to well, and this is no disrespect to you, yeah. or Wells, but you did well. You did have water breaks. You had ten water breaks underneath the post. Um, yeah. But, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. But but on a serious note, though, yeah. that should have been you know that should have that why wasn't that done? Why but, wasn't that? Why didn't that happen? Um, not sure. Not sure. You, you look at other games, and there was there was uh, there was water breaks, and I, I, I couldn't actually tell you. Um, even the timings of when we kicked off as well was a bit suspect. You know, it, there was other teams playing at five o'clock when the sun was not at its strongest, and you know we kicked off at three. You know, it's just 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 strange. They didn't have our sort of duty to care to our players whatsoever, and you know the the feeling of. Obviously, we, we were 10 tries behind, but the feeling of when we finished after the game, I, I felt delirious. I couldn't even walk off the off mm. the pitch afterwards. So. Yeah. You had a short turnaround, and then you played Fiji at uh, Townsville in North yeah. Queensland, a place in the tropics of Australia, very humid as well. What was that like? Again, fantastic. Great experience. And some of them players, you know... You, it's, it's phenomenal to play against people like Matt Utai, who's probably one of the best centres in the world, and you know coming up against um, the fullback, um, you know just 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 fantastic, just great great players. And um, again, it didn't go our way, um, but we had a lot of players that, that pulled out, and we're a very young team, and the lads that stepped in that are, that are young, it's a, it's a great experience for them. They can take it away and and, and develop their futures as they, as they go along. I would just like to say that Fijian fullback Nagama has he's been an absolute pleasure to watch. Just the the passion and just the the joy he's been playing with. Uh when he caught the, the, the last ball in the in the quarter final against uh New Zealand, he was in tears the moment he, he caught the ball with like three seconds to go. Hooter goes. He's it's very, it's very rare you see that as well, and and it's it's nice to see in sport the the passion because rugby players are, are come across tough players, but internally, you know, you, you've to be the best, you've got to have passion for the game, and and it's and it's nice to see. But also, uh, Wales did share in in you know did take part in in the Fiji hymn, didn't they at the yeah. end of the game? Yeah, that was nice. That that was you know. 
experience their culture and sharing it what was that like oh it's lovely uh, you know it's, again I, i'll go back to what i said before it's once in a lifetime experiences that you're never going to experience again and to to share somebody else's culture is, 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 is a special moment yeah obviously at this point you did get beat by fiji but you were determined to sort right we're going to win a game against ireland uh in perth what was that like that didn't happen by the way but it was a better performance Going into the World Cup anyway, we, you know, we, we was confident, you know, we, we marked Papua New Guinea as a win and we also looked at Ireland as a win as well. And we knew we'd get it tough against Fiji, but we, you know, we wanted to win three out of three because we were still, we were still believed that we were going to go out there and, and, you know, do a job on some of these teams, you know, and that's the belief again that John Keir instills in all his players. Mm. How, however, you know, it was just a touch too far. You know, we had Ben Flower drop out, which, huge blow then we had Lloyd White then we had Lam Patrick and the, and the list goes on to players that sort of we, we pulled out out of our team so it weakened us however the, te- the the lad the young lads that came in did a great job and they they tried the hardest but you know you only you only can go with a team that you've you've put out I just want to say you know yes we lost three games there but leading up to that we'd had such a good uh uh, some such good games, and those players that played were the players that had given us them good performances in 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 Europe. So in a way, they they deserved to be there, didn't they? Yeah, definitely, and and that's that's what John was saying at the start. You know, he's he had the opportunity to bring in some other players, but John was loyal to his team and decided to stick with a with the lads that have stuck with Wales, and and I thought that was very commendable from him. And you know, and they just you, you, we've got to remember how well we've done coming up to this. Yeah, and that's and you know that's sorry that's um, that's overshadowed by you know the, the sort of World Cup that we've had. We Wales have come on leaps and bounds from where we once was, and you know we we can we can say that we're European champions. And that quickly. Can I just say, what about Amazing Grace? The first try of the, of the World Cup for him. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I just want to give a special mention to um, Christian Routes as well, because he's oh, another yes. player yeah. that is retiring. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's represented his c- country with, uh, well, outstanding uh, dignity yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. Um, you know he's been a f- phenomenal and so I want to I want to raise a glass for him really uh, but what's for you what's f- next for you uh, instead of you know apart from <laughs> being with us every week uh, from January yeah well um, I had opportunities to carry on playing um, but I'm 32 now and I've, as I've still got loads of time yet playing um, I've decided to take up uh, my career in in physiotherapy. I've I've started my own company and which is doing pretty well, and um, also studying at university. Okay, well, Phil, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. Um, we look forward to many more of these shows next season, most definitely. Um, but that's it for this year. But before we go, though, uh, I've been asked to mention this because the wheelchair team uh, are eligible for a. Uh, an award and what they're trying to do they're trying to um, win the Wrexham County County Borough Council Sports Award 2018 and all you need to do is go onto the Rugby League Show Facebook page and uh, fill in the application form and give them a vote do that because the 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 sort of deadline is closed Thursday I think it is tomorrow so um, do that if you can but that is really it for the Rugby League Show for 2017 this year we've tried to Innovate, educate and entertain. We have brought new ground. We brought you the the bowl final from Blackpool. For the first time ever, we provide you live coverage. Me and myself and Mark opened it up to 60,000 potential homes. We brought you online coverage of the community game and also the early rounds of the League One show. So 
It's practice, and without you outside listening to this, supporting this show, it wouldn't be possible. I thank to all the guests that have that have happened all through the year. We've brought you wheelchair team action, uh, the Viper Spring, Spring Slam, and everything else. We talk about the serious aspects of sport as well, depression being one of them. I personally want to thank uh, Morris, Mark, and Annette for being loyal to me and the show since January. It is very hard to keep it up uh, every week, but from me to them, I thank them, and I thank you as well. But that is really it for 2017, and we'll be back back end of January, but I hope that England do win on Saturday. Uh, Can I just say something, Colin? Uh, I just want to say thank you to you as well. For, for, uh, without you, none of this would happen, and we all want to, want to put a thank you out for you for the, for the work that you've done. Well, okay. I'm very honoured and very flattered by that. Uh, but again, the show wouldn't be uh, possible without the guests coming in. But that is it for uh, for 2017. We bid you a farewell. Be good, be safe, and enjoy your rugby league. See you next year. Happy Christmas and a happy new year. <laughs>